Welcome back, Robert Miller here, another quintessential mortgage podcast. We are getting into the, uh, I guess is this considered midsummer now? I guess where we are in the uh, in the midst of July. Um, there is no doubt that the mortgage industry is rocking and rolling. Um, we've talked about that over and over and over again, but uh, and you may not be able to ever talk about that enough. But it's an exciting time right now for us. It's a crazy time in the world that it goes without saying. There's some scary parts of what's going on in this in this country right now. And some of that could open up the question too, which is, wh- where's all this heading? Um, and first of all, let's just start with no one has that answer. No one knows for certain where of all this is going to go. Where is the mortgage industry going to go? What changes are we likely to see in the near future um, and beyond? And obviously the most obvious question, which is where are rates going to go? Um, We know where they are now and they are at historic lows, lows that to be honest, uh, there were plenty of times that I questioned they could not get here. Um, but the world has changed somewhat and, and they are here and, and reassessing with what the financial industry looks like and the tone of the country right now and just all the aspects that can be leading indicators of, of where the mortgage industry goes, it wouldn't surprise me at this point now to see rates go even lower than where they are right now. Um, and listen, people need to capitalize on that, take advantage of that. But this will not last forever. Now, in some ways, I, I feel almost funny saying that. And the reason I do is because for the better part of five years, I've said some variation of that statement. I really have because we have been on a, an, interesting, an interesting tear in the mortgage industry. And, the, and mortgage rates have been low for the better part of five or six years. Now, we've had some peaks and valleys and we've had some times where rates were really starting to climb a little bit and we started to even flirt around with the 5% mark at one point. But overall, and and ignoring a few hiccups here and there, we've been low. And we kept predicting that, listen, this is great, take advantage, but this is not going to last forever. And... Those were all true statements. So number one, I hope that no one out there gets the complacency to sit and decide, you know what, they keep saying this, rates are going to be low forever, I can act X or I can wait now or not. Because at the end of the day, it is not going to last forever. And whether I'm right for six months from now or I'm right for three years from now, it doesn't matter because it's going to happen. It is the nature of the financial industry as a whole. It is, it is cyclical. And we have been fortunate where we've been, certainly for my career and the building of Quintessential Mortgage. We've been in a very good spot and we've, and we've taken advantage of that, of that spot and, and filled a niche for, for the market that I think was lacking. But it's not going to stay this way forever. And the real question is, you know, when? When will it change? And as I said, no one knows. 
I don't know. I do think that we are likely to see strong a strong mortgage market, certainly for the remainder of the year. Generally speaking, it's real simple to understand that a bad economy will result in lower mortgage rates. And while in some ways that can sound like a contradiction because prior to COVID, we were looking at one of the best economies uh, that this country's had in a long time, and yet mortgage rates were simultaneously lower. And that's true. And there are a number of reasons for that. And, and the truth of the matter is that in some ways, the reason for that was the fact that while the economy was touted as being so great and wonderful, it wasn't as great and wonderful. It wasn't as substantial as it should be. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors that we've seen going on here in over the last, uh, geez, in the, over the last decade for that matter. And so there's always the concern of the bottom falling out. And at some point, the bottom is going to fall out. And, and that is obviously a concern for me. I'm not worried about the mortgage industry um, from a long-term perspective. Either way, we've put ourselves in a very good position and it's been done deliberate because there's always going to be people buying homes and that's the bread and butter of our market and the bread and butter is the relationships that we've developed with our realtor partners and attorneys um, and accountants and, and all the all the relevant aspects uh, that sort of have a... Uh, some form of mutual uh, participation in the mortgage industry. And so because we've developed those relationships, I think that we're always going to be in a, in, a, in a decent spot because there'll always be people buying homes and we're likely going to always be the best option for them. And so there'll always be clients to help. But right now, obviously, it's it's truly insane. Uh, I have never seen volume like this. I really haven't. Um, it, it sort of came overnight. We're at a point now where the numbers are silly. And most people can realize that. And, and they're so much so that you start to see people who were fence sitters. Now, fence sitters for people who I thought were insane to be fence sitters, maybe... You tell me why a three and a quarter or a three and a half percent interest rate isn't good enough when you're sitting on a five percent mortgage rate. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know why that is. But there's something about the the uh, I don't know what you want to call it. What's the terminology for it? But there's just something about a rate, a thirty-year fixed rate, starting with that number two, that starts to get people who are normally sitting on the fences active and say, wow, I've got to take advantage of this now. How do I not? And that's a good thing because I've always said, and I don't know, you know what? I bet I said at some point in every podcast I've ever done that I believe that all all clients and all people out there need to take the time to evaluate their mortgage. You've got nothing to lose by doing that. See if there's any way to save you money and to put yourself in a better position. So I say that every single time and, and I probably will never stop 
I'll never stop saying that. But you've got people now that with these with these numbers being so silly and, and starting with the number two, um, people are saying, you know what, maybe it's my time now. Maybe I have to take a look at it. Although it is a very interesting time right now. And, and partly why it's interesting is because we've, we've suffered through this COVID crisis. And, and obviously, from the news and from what things look like, we are far from over um, with this issue and with this crisis. And I won't get too much into that because it's become a little bit more political than it needs to be. And I think some of it is a little over the top. I think it's it's crazy to consider kids not going back to school, and I and I'm a father of, of three boys, all of school age. Um, but putting that aside, the COVID crisis has made um, sort of a perfect storm that has led to where we are now. But one of the things that they did during this crisis, which as it happened. I knew it was going to be a problem, and, and I remember it clear as day, was this concept of basically carte blanche telling people, you don't have to pay your mortgage. Don't worry about it. You're having a rough time. Set it aside. We won't charge you uh, any late fees. We won't report to credit. Um, you can take this time off. It's a tough time in the economy. Take the time off and go forward from there. Um, sounds nice in theory. Um, but in reality, it's undoable. It's undoable because the people making that promise have nothing to do with your loan. Nothing. They don't own your loan. They don't service your loan. They have no relationship to your loan whatsoever. And so a government entity can make that decision or Fannie Mae can make the decision or HUD can make a, a guiding decision. But at the end of the day, they don't actually... Um, service these loans and make these immediate decisions. So while, sure, it was a needed thing, I think, in many ways to say to some people, if you need a break because you can't pay your mortgage. Now, again, it's, and the premise obviously was fair. The premise was, listen, it wasn't anyone's fault. The entire country was shut down overnight. So if you're shut down, I mean, gee whiz, how are you supposed to make any money? You're not. And so it obviously leads to that. It leads to that subject of, is it a valid thing to give people a break? The biggest problem they did with it was this open and shut kind of um, no analysis of who should get it and who should not get it. The same as far as my opinion on how silly it's been that they were giving uh, unemployment to many people that exceeded their income, which is just is just pure insanity. Um, that's just pure, uh, I won't even go into it. Um, but at the end of the day, there were people that really needed help. Sure, they couldn't pay their mortgage. And if you can't pay your mortgage and you say, listen, I don't wanna destroy my credit, I've worked hard for my credit, um, but I just simply have no money. I have no money in the bank. I have no job. I have no income coming in. How can I pay my mortgage? For that person, taking advantage of the forbearance program was the right thing to do and a needed thing to do because what was the alternative? What? You can't make the money grow from trees. So you took advantage of that. You contacted your mortgage 
servicer and and you found out whatever it is that they're offering and for the most part everyone was offering the same thing which was don't worry about it yeah, we're not going to be reporting any lates we'll put you in forbearance um, and then when this crisis resolves itself we'll discuss what options are going to be and that was where part of the problems I think um, led to some real issues because it was still an unknown what's going to happen and there was talk of okay we'll tack it on to the back end of the mortgage which at least is the only thing that makes relative sense there was some talk of saying all right after the covid after let's say the three-month period or a six-month period you have to catch up right away well that makes no sense whatsoever if you don't have money to make your mortgage payment in march and april you're certainly not going to have six mortgage payments in july it's just silly um and so it left a really gray area with what to do but as i said and then and i guess my point here was that there were people who needed it but the problem is that a lot of people i would say frankly a majority of the people who didn't pay their mortgage were not people who could not pay their mortgage, but instead chose to not pay their mortgage. And it doesn't mean they're bad people, and it doesn't mean they were even necessarily trying to take advantage of the system because the truth of the matter is, if you looked at how this situation was presented to clients, what was it? It was saying, listen, it's a terrible time. We're not reporting your relates. As a matter of fact, Let's go further than that. There were plenty of mortgage companies that automatically put everyone into forbearance without even without any request. You didn't even know. We pull we could pull up someone's credit and it would show your mortgage was in forbearance. You might continue to be paying it, so you'd never know, but they automatically did it and they did it deliberately so that no one would be reported late. And that's fine. But it's opened up a real interesting dynamic now, and which is sort of where I took a very long-winded point, not uncommon for me, which is right now we've got the most historic low rates ever, and you are dealing with a large portion of homeowners who are going in and trying to take advantage of the market right now and finding out that because they took advantage of this forbearance and because they didn't pay their mortgage, it is now preventing their ability from refinancing. Now, I'm not telling everyone that it, it prevents your ability to refinance because it's not true. It, it does not, and, and I can get someone a mortgage tomorrow, even though if they went into forbearance. However, they are going to have to catch themselves up. And there are some lenders out there that will not allow people who did take advantage of the forbearance and some of those lenders are the ones with the most attractive programs so it's a real shame for people who did it um just to do it um and and there's going to be people who suffer because of it or at least not are able to take advantage of some of the historic savings that you're going to see right now but it is what it is. I, I just hope. And I remember clearly from when this all started that I spoke. First of all, I had plenty of my clients reaching out to me and saying, hey, what do you think here? And, and as soon as they called me, I said, no, pay your mortgage. Absolutely. You do not listen to this. Pay your mortgage. Because I've seen 
this movie before. It was very similar to the subprime era and the modification process and the whole world thinking that that was okay and saying, hey, don't pay your mortgage now because we can't give you a modification unless you're 30 days late or 60 days late or 90 days late. So don't pay and then give us a call in 90 days. And that is literally what people were told by their banks when they called them. So they were told them that. And yet what happens after that? They call them back. Hey, I'm ready. I haven't paid you in uh, 90 days, just like you told me to do. And they say, okay, you know, Mr. Smith. And they start putting you through the modification process three months down the road. They tell you that, I'm sorry, you don't fit the qualifications for a modification. And then where are you? Now you're at someone who is in basically a pre-foreclosure status. Um, Their credit has been destroyed and they are basically unlendable. Um, So I've seen that before and I knew that the forbearance was going to lead to some variation of that. And it has. Not as bad, um, but still not a very good thing. And so I'm glad that that part is ending. Um, We need it to end. There are still some gray areas and Fannie Mae hasn't given its full clarification on the forbearance programs and what the actual rules will be moving forward when you analyze a person's qualifications. And there's a lot of different variables that too long to go into, um, certainly in this, and no one will be interested to hear it anyway. Um, But it's just a shame that a lot of people... Uh, found out the hard way that taking advantage of of what they thought maybe was uh, a legitimate way to make life a little bit easier during a very difficult time was something that did not benefit them. Um, and again, obviously, that's not the right answer for every person. Uh, every single person in the world doesn't fit that bill. There were some people that it was the perfect recipe. It was a needed recipe. Um, And there were also people who took complete advantage of the situation, had plenty of money, could have made the payments, continued to work. Listen, if you didn't lose your job and you were a essential service or or you were in some form of field that was not affected, what was the excuse for not paying your mortgage? Why? Because you knew you could? Well, that's taking advantage. Um, And it's some of those people who are going to suffer the most because there will be an analysis of what went down when we're trying to qualify someone for a mortgage right now. And as they make new rules for this situation, we're going to take a closer look at it. And they're going to start looking deeper into what happened with each particular person. And when they do that, those that clearly took advantage will be prohibited from getting mortgages. That's a shame for anyone. But at the end of the day, listen, it's the greatest time in the world to be in my business Um, I've been in this business for, for over 20 years. I've seen the greatest of times. I've seen the worst of times. Um, and the most important thing you can do is always continue to maximize your strengths, to continue to maintain integrity, which is what we do at Quintessential. And we really do. We don't go into this cowboy kind of stuff. We are, we are somewhat conservative. Um, we are not aggressively expensive for anyone we are trying to give our clients the best possible combination of loans and when we do that they will 
they will follow. They will return and the word of mouth will spread. And that's why we're successful now. So I'm not worried about the changes in the market from a long-term success aspect. Um, but I really do hope that people take advantage of what's going on right now um, and see and evaluate your mortgage and, and see what can be done because this is a tremendous time. Uh, it's not going to get much better than this. I don't think it's going to end tomorrow. Um, but there's a lot of aspects, especially to a refinance, which I've discussed before. Again, I won't go into that again. But there are reasons why sometimes the process can take a bit of time. And because of that, um, you want to get started. Even though we think that rates are going to be good for a while, you want to get started. Now, obviously, we've got some big events coming up. We've got an election coming up uh, real soon. I mean, it's coming real fast. And I think that no matter what, no matter what, we're going to see the election results result in probably a significant change to mortgage rates. Now, I don't necessarily believe that it will be a long-term change. It's going to be an emotional blip. And frankly, I could sit here and make arguments for for all the different avenues, uh, whether it be Trump's wins or Trump doesn't win um, and rates would go up or rates would you know, come down or who knows what. Um, I think we're likely to see a spike in rates come election time. So frankly, if you had your druthers, I would say people should do something now before election or if you're getting closer towards election day, then you have to start having a much more um, in-depth conversation with your loan officer on a lock-in strategy and when we think we're going to close your loan and when you should lock because there's going to be a lot of factors. And that's where people will suffer who are not dealing with those who are experienced and who know what, know what we're doing um, because there's going to be a lot of variables. And at the same time, no one has a crystal ball, so no one's going to have the exact right answer. All you can do is be given all the information, make an educated decision at that point, make an informed decision, and do the best for you and your family. But for right now, things are good. Things should remain good for the foreseeable future. Um, I would say that you know maybe late 2021 or so or something even maybe in the 2022 is when we might start seeing some real changes towards mortgage rates. Could be sooner, um, obviously, and that's sort of the unknown and that's the X factor. So it's never worth rolling the dice. Nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what the future is, clearly. So all you can do is get up, work hard and be financially responsible, uh, make the decisions that can put you and your family in a better spot. Right now, those decisions often involve a mortgage transaction or a refinance. I've done podcasts on the subject and I will do more on the subject of the refinance itself because the number of people who misunderstand the process and what the benefit is mind-boggling. I speak to people every day about these subjects who misunderstand the concepts of cost or the concepts of a refinance and what does it mean for someone who has been in a 30-year fixed for seven years and do they have to quote-unquote start over again, which they don't. Um, listen, there's, there's 
a million variables and I'll probably be all, all over the place and mention them here and there every time I talk, no matter what subject I'm talking about, because it all comes back to the same thing. It really is. This is the mortgage industry is about helping people buy and maintain their homes. And those homes are their biggest asset, bar none for 90% of homeowners, their home is their largest and will be their largest asset. So it's a very big deal. Um, it's many people's retirement plan, frankly. It's the, the idea of getting that home and, and hopefully being able to pay off that home by the time you retire. And then that is your retirement plan. So um, it's important that people think about what they're doing and people are responsible and people utilize the tools that are given to them and afforded to them. And then obviously I would tell everyone to give me a call, my clients or call us a quintessential mortgage because we're here. Um, and we'd love to evaluate and see if we can help you. But at the end of the day, I don't have a crystal ball. I will keep coming back. I will keep talking. I will keep giving updates as information changes. I'll give that information and I'll discuss with people the new information that's come around and what that means for the immediate future or even for the long term. Until then, I hope people have a phenomenal weekend. Um, I think it's supposed to be nice, a bit hot, but nice. Um, and that's it. Enjoy your summer. Look forward to more podcasts in the future. We will keep doing them. And uh, until then, you know, Quintessential Mortgage. I'm Robert Miller, Vice President, Quintessential Mortgage. You know how to find me. Check out the podcast. Check out my Instagram. And I will see you next week.